Hello and welcome to a special Circuit Python Day 2023 as seen on the show and tell. It's Friday. It's 7.30. Pretend it's kind of like a Wednesday, but it's uh, not. It's Friday. And it's Circuit Python Day. There was an entire schedule of videos and events and posts and more all throughout the day. And this is kind of capping it off with um, a show and tell. It doesn't have to be a CircuitPython based project. We have some stuff we're going to show. Um, that happens to have some circuit Python stuff, but this is the theme. Um, you know, we're gonna use the graphics for uh, So we'll start with uh, some of our team members. They might be showing some circuit Python stuff. Um, but again, you know, uh, show anything you want. Just like every single week, this just happens to be Circuit Python Day. All right, first up, and happy Circuit Python Day. What you got going on? Hi everybody. Um, you might have seen that I've been doing a lot of. Uh, PCB art, you know, um, my first project was uh, this jewelry. My second one was this uh, NASA badge, which lights up some of the stars when you turn it on. And uh, the latest one ups the ante a little bit more. Um, I saw on the interwebs this cool Star Trek Elcar's door control panel, and, and uh, it they have it in various things. I think it's the next generation. So I, I thought maybe uh, do a take on that, except with plexiglass and screen printing or whatever, however they make it. Again, use circuit boards and have all the hard parts done by uh, a board house. So um, I designed it in um, an affinity designer. You can design the graphics however you Sorry. want. You can pick the layers. Um, which uh, layers of the board represent which colors. Um, the, the logo shows up in metallic currently, and then uh, around it is the, is the um, bare circuit board. But um, this isn't just like for show. Um, on the back are places to put circuitry. Um, and what I've been doing, I just got these, so I've been bringing up the board. I put a capacitive touch chip that Adafruit has in one of their breakouts and uh, Lamore has circuit for, and um, I put LEDs. Oh, there you go. You can actually see the LEDs lighting on the back um, because I'm touching it as I'm holding it. There we go. Um, but the, the methodology is, is you, you touch, let's see, I gotta get, there we go. You you touch the let's see get the right there you go. So if I touch five, uh, I am the yeah. the little light behind lights up the number five. Um, so it it is working. It's not working perfectly because if I touch the number nine, the light for number one works. So it's kind of backwards. Uh, so. Um, that's okay. Um, circuit boards aren't too expensive, actually. So um, I will work on some of the circuitry. I'm, I know the chip works. I know the design works. I just need to reroute some of the signals to uh, get it to do what it's going to do. And then uh, the next iteration, I can wear up all 10. Now, the, the logical thing is, is, well, you're just lighting up lights. Well, it does make a cool thing if you have one of these near your door. Or you can change up the circuit a little bit and have a microcontroller and actually 
if you enter in a certain code, it unlocks the door and they don't swing open like in Star Trek, perhaps, or, you know, whatever fun thing you want to have when you when you actually enter and push things. So um, I just kind of geek out over the aesthetic of this and uh, it's not too hard. So, I mean, you go from um, Affinity Designer to Winter Blooms. Um, online free utility called gingerbread and that converts the drawing outlines to KiCad. and you import that into KiCad as a footprint and then you make your design and it's kind of automatically you know it has all the pretty stuff in it besides your electronics so um I'm, i really like it and i appreciate lamore giving me the chance to uh, work on this Okay. This is a great project. And uh, what's neat is kind of a combination of the badge art that we see out there. Mm -hmm. And then this turning into like a functional like heirloom electronics, like something that you'll actually want in your home. That's like, hey, look at that over there. Um, I like the aesthetic, too. It's like Picard got a like flat screen TV to watch like the space ball game or something like that. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks so much, Anne. No problem. And if folks want to find out more about it, where could they uh, possibly? Well, I'm, I've been posting some stuff on my Twitter and underscore engineer. Um, this will be written up as an Adafruit Learn Guide with step-by-step, -step, all the files, open source, so they can either make it or remix it, do whatever they'd like with, with it once I figure out the little kinks. Yeah. And okay. All right. So stay tuned to the Learn System and more, everybody, if you want to check this out. All right, thanks so much, Ann. All right. All right, JP, have a Circuit Python day. Hey. What you got going yeah. on? Happy Circuit Python day. Uh, so I had a uh, I had a lot of fun doing uh, a panel discussion and a workshop show today, uh, but I didn't build anything. So an hour ago, I decided I better build something for the show and tell. Uh, and I was able to quickly uh, get together the parts to add on to my joystick uh, PC joystick seesaw adapter uh, demo I did on on Tuesday, which allowed me to use an old flight stick. That's this uh, Radio Shack flight stick that I got just a couple months ago fortuitously at the thrift store. Um, and I was using it to drive a little graphic demo on this OLED. Um, but right at the end of the show, I said, you know, you could use this for all kinds of things, including maybe uh, sort of a XY servo mount shoulder mounted puppet or something like that or, or other uh, type of uh, prop. So I grabbed a couple of servos and brackets that I put together years ago for project, uh, wired them up using one of our little servo feather wings and then added the code in CircuitPython to the Pie that drives all of this to be able to uh, now pilot this, this little uh, servo rig. And look around. Can you give some props to Circuit Python? Because like this is normally not the type of project that you're like, I'm about to go live yeah. on a video show. Like just being able to do this that fast is uh yeah. this is a really great project. This is really hard to do normally. And it's very fun to kind of just yeah. talk wow. to the little fellow. Hello. Uh and so I still have the, the OLED demo going, yeah. so that shows like some button press stuff happening because that could be eyeballs or it could be the mouth or yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah for sure and, and we've got the support here to do um a rudder and a throttle as well there's there's sometimes like four potentiometers on these joysticks mine has a third one which is just this yeah. um, throttle you'll see on my on my oled i'm able to move it uh, already so has like a like an alive nature to it um one of the things when we do the 
um, circuit playground puppet show uh, when I was learning learning puppetry is you keep them kind of moving and breathing all the time because the second they're still yeah then they die so i kind of i kind of like that you (laughs) it has this very it reminds me of the the little creature that used to hang out on job of the hut yes (laughs) it's like it's already it's already like (laughs) yeah yeah, there's like some slapstick uh humor needed yeah. Totally, yeah. <laughs> a little rock up again. Yeah. Eat him yeah. at the end or something. I, I think he was eaten. Yeah. He does um, get eaten. Yeah. He had it coming. Yeah, yeah. This is this is already neat. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is like how hard this used to be with an Arduino like JP. Like you remember like people doing yeah. this kind of project. You know, and here's my ago, thesis. <laughs> it would be like it, you know it'd be like weeks and weeks. This is something you just like banged yeah. out in an hour. And it's like I can see like yeah you probably just read the data and then mapped it and then wrote it. And especially with robotics, you want to have this fast iteration because you're always yeah. tweaking like, oh, wait, my XY is swapped and then it's inverted. And then, like, right. you know, there are always eight combos for everything. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it was at first and, and it was just a. Yeah. Like having a REPL with robotics is really good because you could sit there and like do stuff and do it real time instead of compile. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Iteration. Compile, die. Okay, this is a really, we didn't plan this, we didn't know you were coming on. This is like probably one of the best examples of a scripting language like CircuitPython for rapid iterations for things like robotics. So you're the the poster robot of (laughs) of this today. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, take a bow, robot friend. (laughs) All right, JP, good work. Bye. CircuitPython day. All right. Scott, today was a lot of your handiwork out in display for CircuitPython Day. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Python Day. Yeah, but also props to Katni for organizing it. Yay. <clears throat> if you watch my stream, you know I was late. So like <laughs> I'm not a great organizer. So well, thanks to Katni you know, for doing it's that. All streamed and recorded. So what's late anyways? It's true. It's very true. So I showed this on on my stream earlier, but I, I uh, wanted to bring it here. So I've been working on USB host. And actually, I want to take John's project and use a USB joystick for that. I think that would be very cool. Um, but I was doing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to synth. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I expected John to do synth stuff. Yeah. So can you can you hear it if I go? Yes. Beep, bap, beep, bap. OK, that's So um, what I've got here is I've got like one of these MIDI keyboards. It's on my lap, and it's plugged into an IMX RT1060, um, which is a, an NXP board. Um, and I've been testing uh, the ability to, I, I wrote a library so that you can read MIDI from uh, a USB device using upcoming, like current CircuitPython USB host. And I wanted to see how well it works. So um, the thing that I was having fun with and I've had fun with previously is that this is also a sequencer. So there's like some sort of sequence in here um already so it's doing this thing but there's also a rate knob so we can see how quick it can handle so as i increase the rate it's actually individual midi messages going up usb host so it's it is kind of a good test to see like how much data you can get going crank it That's as fast as it goes. That's a lot of data. It's a lot of data. And because no notes are stuck, I think we're actually getting all the data too, which is uh, super fun. And it like the square waves bring back all of these like, it, memories. So, so well. the MIDI keyboard, the USB 
output is plugged into an RT 1060 dev board. Right. And then that's running SynthIO to generate the tones. No. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there's three things plugged in. This one is power. power. Okay. This is USB uh, OTG, right? So like yeah. taking micro B to a USB A, and then this is just to the speaker that's on my desk. Okay. So you, you really did make a keyboard powered synth. So you're testing synth IO and USB host. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the first opportunity I had to play with synth IO. And thanks to Toddbot, and I forgot to say this earlier, but Toddbot, uh, you know, has example code already that takes MIDI and produces SynthIO. Um, so I just uh, took the little bits out and said, now use USB host instead of okay. instead of the uh, USB device MIDI. That, that this that is neat, actually. You know, it's like you've got a little little uh, synthesizer generator going on there. You know, is yeah. this the um, original Yamaha MIDI keyboard that you had like seven years ago that you like? No. Like, Do you still have that? I don't have the big one. I, okay. I I was thrifting for a while and I got some bigger Yamaha old keyboards, um, but I I only kept one of the smaller ones. Okay. Uh, because I only have so much space. Okay. Um, although, one thing that I couldn't help myself but pick up when I was at a, a PC parts store was a an old Sound Blaster. Yeah. So that's also in my closet. I, I say it's just an 8080 bus. It, there's no reason why CircuitPython can't have ISA support. Oh, you're tempting me. Yeah. Um, we'll see. So thanks for showing another example of one of the things we like to talk about with um, CircuitPython and Python on hardware, JP of the robotics. I really yeah. like it when artists and musicians can do the things they want to do and the learning curve isn't in the way. Like you'll be able to, right. being able to do stuff like this is usually really complicated and hard yep. now it'll be a lot easier so another another good uh example of of why python or specifically circuit python um is really good for folks who maybe they've never even done python programming before but this is this is a great reason to, to right. start or consider it totally yeah like uh if you watch the deep dive i did earlier i went over the code and it's like 10 lines of imports 20 lines of setup and 10 lines of loop Right, like it's forty lines total to have this demo working. Um, which is good. Nice. Okay, well, thank you so much, Scott. Congrats on a Circuit Python Day. Yeah, uh, folks can watch the entire playlist and all the videos from the day. And we, of course, do something every year. We also do the uh, What do you want to see in Circuit Python at the beginning of the year? And yep. then we we do a Circuit Python Day. We hope to have like a physical event at some point, but we understand the last couple of years have been a little weird. Um, but yeah. uh, that's fine. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see everybody soon. Thank you so much, Scott. And next up, Seth, what you got going on? Hey everyone, happy Circuit Python Day. Uh, you know, you talk about how um, Circuit Python is making it easier for people to uh, do things like art and his, uh, JP's uh, little animatronic uh, control with the joystick. And um, so when I started with in the Circuit Python community, I really wanted to make FPGAs work with CircuitPython. Um, it was, it seemed like something that just needed to be done. And so I've been working on, uh, so I have this little feather wing here. Uh, it's got a little lattice FPGA on it uh, that you can program over SPY, because uh, that's how you program this particular one. And uh, I thought, well, it's going to be difficult to uh, set up the timing and everything to get the FPGA to program properly. But 
Uh, it turns out it was actually a lot easier uh, than I thought, and uh, it, it came together pretty quickly, uh, thanks to Scott and a few other in the community that just kind of uh, were like, hey, double check that. And so it came together. And so I've got a little uh, little blinky uh, thing. So there's a little a little tiny RGB LED on there. I don't know if you can see it. It's like the size of a grain of sand. Yeah. Um, but it, so I've got that set up with a little uh, Raspberry or RP2040 board that I made. And so it'll program it. You see the light done light come on. And then mm -hmm. once I move the uh, USB power over to the USB pin, it'll just cycle through the counter. And so uh, for me, this is just, you know, another way that I want to, you know, make CircuitPython more enticing to people. And uh, uh, actually just want to show real quick how, um, how simple the code is for. Yeah, fire up uh, a for, uh, open and I'll uh, share it into the stream. All right. Yeah. Um, so this is just like a quick example, and some of this isn't even necessary, like the timing. But basically, you just uh, you pull in the library, you set up your spy device. You can use built-in spy or Bess.io, pass it in with a, a chip select and a reset pin, and then your file, and then you just bam, program your FPGA, and it, it's done. Uh, so we take care of all the heavy lifting in the in the back end and make sure we get all the timing right so you don't have to worry about it. Um, and then, so yeah, so you can you can take you know start using uh, lattice FPGAs with CircuitPython now. It's kind of funny you're making it too easy and you're making it so easy you can use one non-scrolled panel in Moo. <laughs> yeah. You can read the code uh, without scrolling. It's not. It's not a million lines. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I wanted to make it as simple as possible, uh, and I even set it up where uh, you can change files. So you know, if you've got enough space on your uh, on your your drive, your CircuitPython drive, you can load multiple bitstream files in there, and and just you know, read one in, do something, read another one in, do something, uh, and and it's just it's quick. It it's easy. Um, so, you know, so that part's easy. All you got to do is learn, uh, you know, Verilog, and there's tons of stuff for doing that already, uh, especially people in the community that are doing that. So Yeah. I was talking to some educators, and they're like, there's no good FPGA stuff. And I was thinking about how, if you're going to try to teach this, how would you? How would you get someone started? How would you have that five-minute time where it's like, I did something? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Something happened? Like I, I, I did something and so and something changed. <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And that that's the goal of this is just to to make that step easier. So if you, if you don't have to worry about, it, you can just, you know, you, you can do the things that people are doing in large companies with Python now, and yeah. I think that's pretty cool. So. I like the idea that you could even explain how some of this works on one screen. Another thing that educators told us um, this was like a while ago when we first started developing Circuit Playground, which ultimately had Circuit Python on it, is you know they're doing one screen at a time. They're projecting stuff in a workshop setting or an educating uh, educator setting, student setting, and they have to talk about what's on the screen um, there. And it's it's hard to get a concept of like here's here's like ten like ten or fifteen lines, and something in there has a, a concept you're going to explain. Other than other <laughs> otherwise you have to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. So that's a, yeah. 
That's a good example. Where can people find out about this? Uh, so uh, it's called Ice Python. It's uh, it's on GitHub. Uh, you can I've shared it on Twitter, and I'll throw a link in the Discord as well. Uh, okay. It'll be part of the community bundle. Uh, I've got a few small things that I want to wrap up. Uh, a few more examples, uh, and then uh, it'll be uh, in the community bundle for anyone to use. All right, Seth. Happy Circuit Python Day. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. Thank you. Basically. All right, so our lady is going to show two things. You want to show this um, rendering of a well? How about we show or the screens? What do you want to do? Um, either one, whichever is easier. Okay. Well, um, why don't we do both? Okay. Uh, because you have a picture of something. Yeah. And then we have some screens. Yeah. Can, so this is a uh, driver board I, just, I designed today. It's going to run Circuit Python, so it's it's thematic, and I kind of took the Matrix portal. Um, S3, which I just designed, and I sort of took out the RGB matrix part, and I put in a TFT instead, and also a couple other things changed, like it doesn't have a 5-volt output, and it has this little LED PWM driver, and um, this is for driving um, unusual-shaped TFT displays. Uh, there's two standards, it turns out. There's, like, rectangular, and there's, like, everything else, and so this is the everything else uh, style display, um, because, uh, these displays, you know, you have to configure them with SPI and they're, you know, they're, it's not that they're difficult to use, but they're just a little bit, um, more complicated than your, in your plain, uh, displays. So maybe I'll show, uh, I'll show the plain display. Yeah. I thought I'd hold these up as you, right as you start to show these because, um, yeah. Okay. So this is a plain display. It's uh, rectangular and it's got uh, a 40 pin connector and a separated capacitive touch. And these do not need any configuration and they have a very standard pinout, but that's different than like it. And there's two pinout standards. So this is your, you know, everyday standard pinout, which I'll, I'll make a version of the board that also has like the quote unquote standard pinout. Um, but these displays are, are easy. You don't have to do any configuration with them. Um, they just kind of like magically work. And then um, these are some of the strange displays. So uh, first up, they, they come in square. So this is like a 3.4 inch square. And uh, these have a 40 pin connector, but it's, it's a different, again, a different pin order. But all the ones I'm showing from now on all have the same pin order but that it's different than this one. So this is like standard number one, and this is like standard number two. Um, and these ones have the capacitive touch driver chip. You see it is a separate PCB, but the PCB is soldered in. So this is like a 3.4 inch square. You can see like this is the TFT, and then there's this ridge where the overlay is bonded on. So this is the um, capacitive touch square. This is a, this is a non-capacitive touch square display. So you can see where the cap touch would be, but it's not there. And this is uh 720 by 720 i think this is 480 by 480. um here's the 720 by 720 but this one has the you can see the, the ridge again capacitive touch display and then um so those are the square ones and then it's like okay squares kind of kind of cool and funky and then you get into like the bar displays so bar displays are like as you expect they're like candy bar shaped so these are like 960 by 360 and this is like 960 by like 120 or something. So this is a very long display. And then this is also um, yeah, good for cyber decks. And we have 960 a floppy drive project. Yeah, this is actually like exactly this is exactly like three and a, a, half three and a quarter inch drive bay. And this is like a three and a half inch drive bay. So I thought it'd be funny to make a little like display for your old tower. But they all have you know this 40 pin. And then I also got a version that has the cap touch. This is the same screen, but this one you see has the cap touch display on it 
And then I've got, uh, so there's four bar displays, and then I've got the round displays. So 480 by 480 round, and it's not like polar. It's the, as long as, as far as the TFT controller knows, it actually thinks it's a full square, and you just don't, the pixels don't show up. So you're in your software, you have to like cut out those pixels so they don't um, affect the display. So you can see this is bonded onto the capacitive touch bezel. And then here is um, another capacitive touch one. This one's huge. I love this one. Four inch diagonal round display. It's going to be very cool. I think this is like 800 yeah, by 800 or something. Yeah. So this is so we're gonna probably be able to do like a really nice eyeball. Gigantic eye, yeah, more eyes. And then this is this is kind of I think the most interesting. This is a half round, so it's like three quarters round, and they cut. So again, it, it thinks it's rectangular. It doesn't know that it's like this weirdo shape. But it's for car gauges, for like yeah. little car gauges. But I also kind of just like love this cool shape. It's like I don't know. It's kind of it's, it's funky. Yeah, it's really hard to do. Um, round displays with microcontrollers like we were just talking before we went live like the common thing is like look at this cool display i found on alibaba and then you can't or you know aliexpress or you have to wayfair yeah, yeah and then it's like oh yeah like i'll get to it one day because there's no drivers actually or there's a demo and that's the only thing you can do yeah so um, luckily you know so we can fix that with there's two ways we're gonna drive it you can drive it with the esp boards the esp board you can pop up again i wonder what happens when i pop up on screen Oh, it works. Um, so it uses a lot of the GPIO, but again, it, it can only do 16-bit color. But the display is only 18-bit color, so it's like you don't really you only lose like two bits. It's kind of not a big deal. Uh, and you have to use the S3 with a lot of PS RAM. But there's a peripheral to drive TFT displays. And there's a couple things I want to add. Like I think I can drive the SPI configurator pins from the I squared C pins and use the chip select as a um, like a disconnect, like I'll connect the pins from S2C or SPI because you only need to configure the display once on boot. And that kind of, that's it, like saves you two pins kind of like you don't have to worry about sharing those two pins with anything else. Um, so you can use them for like um, I2S. And then the two buttons, you know, I, the thing is I can need like a NeoPixel pin. You've got the 16 GPIO pins for the display plus four control, two I2C for uh, touch or ex external one IRQ. It's kind of like all the pins are used. In the end, you have at the bottom like five pins left over, and you don't get a lot. So um, it does use a lot of the GPIO, but there's always expanders you can plug into I squared C. And also, you only think about the Pi portal, it didn't really only have like three connections left over at the end. Um, so it also didn't have a lot of pins, but you know, at least the memory is inside the PS RAM and the flash memory. Um, you know, so this is minimal. Like, I think like, oh, I could add like an SD card maybe, but I don't know. Um, well, yeah, I, like usual, I think we'll see what folks do with this and see what the requests are mm -hmm. um, and then maybe make mm -hmm. some. Uh, yeah, this is just like my board. I need a board just to like get these things up and running because yeah. I've used displays like this before. I used one on the Raspberry Pi. You have to you have to set up the SPI to configure the driver before you can start blitting. It's a nice glimpse of, the, glimpse of the future. We've wanted to do this for a while to, yeah. so we're finally here and like get all. He's going to be really cool, cool, weird. Cool, weird shapes. Okay. All okay. right. Well, that is our um, that's our show and tell tonight, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this very special Circuit Python Day 2023. Uh, we'll be doing Ask an Engineer in a couple minutes. And once again, thank you everyone who participated in Circuit Python Day. We were just saying Circuit Python Day is every single day, but you know, uh, we do have a holiday. I guess I should mention it's a paid day off for our entire team Yes. Um, at Adafruit. So uh, I think we put a notice up. We did get all the packages out, but some folks um, have the day off. So we'll get to them Monday morning before 
the next pickup. So okay. thanks so much, everybody. We will see you next week, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern for Show and & Tell. And Ask an Engineer is once again next week at 8 p.m., but tonight a special CircuitPython Day Ask an Engineer. See everybody in a couple of minutes.